0: Good morning and welcome back to Aspie Me Me, my personal journey of coming to terms with being diagnosed with Asperger's. I am a 53-year-old single mom and was officially diagnosed within the last year, although I know I have had it unofficially diagnosed for the last almost 15 years. Um, I have been off the grid for the last couple weeks dealing with migraines, really bad. I get migraines that last anywhere between two and four, five days. And they usually go away, but for the last two weeks they keep coming back after a day or two. So I was hoping to have something up last week, but it just didn't happen. So today's a good day for me. I'm crossing my fingers that the rest of the week is good. So I can get caught up in some other stuff. But anyway, today we're gonna talk about um parenting and what it's been like for me to parent my four kids to be a mom. Uh, amongst um, or amidst this diagnosis without really knowing I had it like I said I've got four kids they range from 26 years old down to 14 my 14 year old still lives with me and it's been of course parenting is probably the hardest job someone will ever encounter but for me it's been not twice as hard but twice as challenging for me because I questioned everything absolutely questioned everything for the first 10 or 15 years of parenting um it's been really hard but anyway um as some people may know that those of us on the spectrum we tend to use scripts for everything we tend to use guidelines we tend to use the rule book we tend to have scripts for every phase and every um challenge of our lives so we have a script for being a teenager we have a script to follow that we think we're supposed to follow as a young adult we have a script to follow at work we have guidelines and rules to follow for being a parent and when sometimes that script has a wrench thrown in it it's really hard to recover and that's what happened to me when I had my second child I was following along the scripts and the guidelines and the rules for parenting and then for my first child and then I had my second child who was born special needs from the second he was born he was special needs. And that kind of threw a wrench into everything. But anyway, for parenting with my first child, I followed the scripts and the guideline to a T. I um, quit my job to mother full time because it was my understanding that good moms and good parents, that's what you did. You put your life on hold and you quit your career and you raised your child because nobody else should be responsible for raising your child. That was my understanding. So I had my child, I, after my six week maternity leave or 12 weeks or whatever it was, I turned in my notice and I stayed at home to raise all my kids. And with him, I followed everything. I nursed him for the first year because that's what you were supposed to do. You nurse your child. At the time, parents who used formula or moms who used formula were considered to be lazy parents or bad parents or couldn't-be-bothered parents, which I now know is not, not, not the case at all. So anyway, I nursed my child for the first year. Uh, he had no solids until he was four months because that's what the book told me. Uh, He had all his bottles boiled to sterilize them because I was also pumping milk. So I sterilized everything by boiling them, which now I know is really not necessary. Uh, I avoided pacifiers like the plague because that was considered to be the lazy form of parenting. Um, We went to sleep every night at the same night. He cried himself to sleep if necessary because that's what you were supposed to do. They needed to teach themselves how to fall asleep. It was not an easy form of parenting. And I now know and realize that every child is different, that you cannot follow the script handed to you. You cannot follow the guidebook handed to you for parenting a baby, for parenting a young child, for parenting any child. That's just not the case, but that's not what I understood to be true. So I followed these rules and guidelines and scripts like the plague. I had his first set of shoes professionally fitted. There's nothing like spending $80 on a pair of leather shoes for your first child which they quickly outgrow within what three four months once they start walking um, and it's those i'm sure everybody's seen them because everybody has them set in copper once they're outgrown it's those little white leather shoes that you're supposed to buy now i know that's not true um for schooling my first child didn't go to school until kindergarten and even then it was a half day and I'll tell you what I was the only parent picking up my child at half day. Everybody else's kids stayed full day, so it was at an elementary school, so it was from eight o'clock in the morning until two fifteen in the afternoon. um I was picking him up at i think at twelve half day or maybe even before that because they had nap time. So I was picking them up right before nap time. And at one point, the uh, kindergarten teacher pulled me inside and said, You know, he'd be much better off if he was here all day. And I just, I can remember just staring at her blankly and going, Oh, okay, I'll think about it. But I wanted to make sure my kids had every experience available to them prior to going to school full-time that was really my mindset because once they start school full-time that's it you have no more time and that's part of the reason why i also decided to quit my job is i wanted to be there for every possible moment possible before they went off to first grade full-time because let's face it once they're in school full-time there are no more days at the park. There are no more library times. There are no more impromptu play dates. There are no more days at the zoo. Um, I had a membership to everything when my kids were little, when they were babies and toddlers prior to going to school full time. I had a membership to the zoo and we went there every week. I had a membership to... There was a... Um, there still is. There's a train park here in town where you could buy a membership and you got to ride the train for free. So you paid a whatever it was, a yearly membership, $100, but you get to ride the train for free. And you get to ride the merry-go-round for free. So I had a membership to that. We were at the library every single week for library reading hour where all the kids would sit around... And we'd listen to the librarian, read a book, read a story, and then um, they congregated. The kids congregated after that. Well, not really. It was more for the moms, I think, to get out. But I would take them to the park almost every day. Almost every day when my oldest was a baby and a toddler and I had my second child. I would take them both to the park. We had a park within walking distance. I'd put them both in the carriage and walk them down the park, and we'd spend a couple hours down there easy. I wanted them to experience getting dirty. I wanted them to experience um, outdoors. I wanted them to experience jumping in puddles and getting muddy and digging for bugs. My first child has a love, a love for bugs. And that's because almost every day we went outside in the backyard and looked for bugs we looked for caterpillars and we looked for moths and we looked for beetles and those little roly-poly bugs that roll up into a ball we'd go out and he would dig them and he'd come in with a cup full of them we'd have 25 roly-polies in a cup and he was proud of himself for finding that many and he should have been and we'd go out and find the live bugs and we'd go out and find the dead bugs and we'd bring them in the house and the dead bugs we'd lined up and we'd, we'd categorize them and we'd look them up in books. I mean, by the time he was three years old, he was writing his own books. He was dictating to me exactly what he wanted the book to say. When we went to the library, we went to the library, but He never went to the kids' section. We always went to the reference section. And we always got out books about gardening. We got out books about the wilderness. And we got out books about bugs. And he knew so much about bugs by the time he was three that he was writing his own books. I always tried to replace... The TV with something better. Because that's what I had read and learned that you're supposed to do. Limit their TV time as much as possible. Which I did. And that's why I had memberships to all these places. That's why we were at the library you know, at least once a week. That's why we were at the park almost every day. I didn't want them to be stuck in front of a TV. Learning about a purple dinosaur or a blue dog or um, I'm trying to think what other TV shows there were at the time. But anyway, that was my take on parenting. I wanted them to try as much as possible, so I encouraged sports, but I did not require it. So between the four of them, we did soccer, we did t-ball, we did little league, we did, uh, what else? We did karate. We did BMX, and if that's something they wanted to do, I told them they had to do it for the entire season, that there was no quitting halfway through. There was no dropping out or not wanting to go because it got to be too much, or it got to be too hot, or it just got to be something, that by signing up, that they were making a promise. To show up and participate and give their best and do their best every time those kids meet it because all those other kids and the coach were relying on them to show up and that is still very much a part of who I am and who they are is whatever you do, make sure you do it 100% that you do your best, you give it your all. And at the end of the day, if it's just not something you find joy in anymore, then finish it out and, and, and move on to something else. And that's what I've always taught them. Whatever you do, make sure it's something that you really enjoy doing. And especially now, and with the older ones, um, they're older and off and graduated from high school. Whatever you do, make sure it's something you enjoy. Because you don't want to get stuck at something that you hate. You want to get out there and live your life and do something you enjoy. So my oldest one right now is, he really enjoys music. He loves writing it. He loves playing it. He loves recording it. He just, he loves performing it. And that's something that, if that's what you want to do, then find a way to do it, but also make it to where you can live off of it. And he has always enjoyed music since he was, well, since before, actually when he was born. When I was pregnant with him, I would put the headphones on my stomach because that's what I was told you would do. You would play music for your unborn baby and that would, that would um, I guess, mellow them out. But anyway, it worked out in the long run. But I would always play music for him, and when he was three months old and when he was crying, the only way he was happy was listening to music. So I would start to sing, and I would sing anything. I would sing the alphabet, I would sing twinkle twinkle, I would sing uh, anything, and it just always seemed to get him to stop crying. Uh, When he was 10 months old, I taught him how to hit the on the keyboards oh the demo button there's a demo button on keyboards and he figured out which button to play to push and if he pushed that button the demo list would play out on the keyboard and i he would rock back and forth dancing and smiling that was some of his happiest times was listening to music i exposed him to all types of music I exposed him to country and classical and uh, pop, uh, the oldies but goodies, classic rock. Um, At the time, um, I was listening to a lot of Oingo Boingo. So he really picked up on that to this day. Oingo Boingo uh, is one of his favorite bands. Uh, Roy Orbison, uh, I played a lot of. He really, really enjoyed that album. And just a lot of different musics. Different musics, is that a word? A lot of different types of music we played. um, I guess one of my proudest moments is when we were up in Flagstaff and we went to um, a pizza place. And in this pizza place, there was a jukebox and we walked over to it, and um, he, you know, he's like, oh, he was two, two and a half, maybe three. I, he was very young. And he was asking questions of, you know, what, what is this? I said, well, it plays music. I said, there's a bunch of um, albums in there. A bunch of, C- I think at the time it held CDs. A bunch of CDs in there, and you get to choose, you know, which song you want to listen to. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's looking at it, and he's looking at it, and he says, Mom, can we play Dead Man's Party? And I just looked down at him, and there was a table sitting adjacent to the jukebox that was filled with college kids. And every single college kid kind of basically stopped whatever they were doing. If they were eating, they stopped eating. If they were drinking, it was just... it was The entire table just stopped. Like, they weren't sure they heard what they heard. And they all turned around and looked at him. And I looked at the kids. I said, yes, he just asked for Oingo Boingo. And one of the kids said, Jesus, you're a badass mom. If your kid's asking for Oingo Boingo, good for you. And I thought, you know what? That's probably the best compliment I could have gotten as a parent... Um, ever is that somebody else call me a badass mom you're really cool and I had heard that a few times after that but that was the first time and that's when I realized that I'm doing something right and that's when I realized I didn't have to follow the script so much that I could go ahead and, and, and veer off and do what I felt was right and I, that's the way it's been ever since so I you know for, for kids for the rest of my children I didn't buy them shoes when they were one they basically walked barefoot because that's what they were happier in doing and, and now I learned that that's actually better for their feet because they're not confined. Their feet aren't confined. They're still forming. and the bones are still forming. And you're better off not putting them in shoes at all for as long as possible. So the rest of them all walked barefoot. And they ate as soon as they showed curiosity. They ate solid foods as soon as they were curious about it. Now with child number two, I couldn't nurse him because of his special needs. So we ended up going to formula Did I feel bad about it? Oh my God, I felt like crap. I felt like crap because I could not nurse my child. I felt like a failure. But you know what? Come child number three and four, if they weren't interested, they weren't interested, and they got the bottle and they got formula, and you know what? Nobody got sick because of it. Nobody, you know, it wasn't detrimental to their their learning. I learned to loosen up. And I learned to loosen up because of that comment and whoever that kid is, whoever said that, I I wish I could have thanked them because it, it taught me a lot to just let things happen. I was that one parent at the park that all the other parents dreaded. I was that mom that encouraged my kid to swing higher, to climb higher, I was that mom who encouraged my kids to jump in all the puddles. And if they missed one, I remi- reminded them. I would, you know, look at them and oh, say, you missed a puddle, go back there and get in it. You know, jump in it. I was the one that, that if they were had no shoes, to squish their feet in the mud. What kind of a feeling is that? That's an awesome feeling to be able to get that dirty. I think... My philosophy has always been the dirtier the child, the better the time. And that it's okay. It's okay. My 14-year-old my today loves to craft and paint. And does she make a mess? Yep. Does she know that she's got to clean it at the end of the, at the whatever she's doing? Heck yes. So there are times when the bathroom sink has got paint in it. But she knows enough to clean it. I've got dishes or glassware that have paint in it because she used it to swirl her brush in. That's okay because she cleans it. Were there times when I had glitter everywhere? Oh, heck yes. I hated it. But you know what? After, after it was, you know, that person had to, after one of my kids had to clean it up the first couple of times, they hated it. I said, Ugh. I'm not doing glitter again, mom. I said, well, you know, you tried it, you didn't like it, and that's okay. You know, one of my other philosophies is I'll try anything once, twice if I like it. That holds true for me today as an adult, and that's what I teach my kids. They have always, always been encouraged to try everything when it comes to activities or arts or sports or food anything they wanted to try you want to try that roller coaster mm, okay well let's see you're tall enough because I'm all for it and I'll tell you what some of the most fearful roller coasters or rides that I, I have ever gone on as an adult was because of my kid my kid has pushed me to try new things and that's another thing too is I feel really bad for um, those kids who are at public places with a parent, and especially nowadays the parent has no involvement in what that child is doing they are sitting on the sidelines they are overly involved with their phones they are checking whatever their Instagram their Facebook their emails They're making phone calls. They've got their finger on the stupid camera button because they want to try and get their 10 minutes of fame with a video or a picture. Take one picture and move on and enjoy the moment because you're not going to get that back. And that's what I learned. I learned that These kids, were. some of them were absolutely desperate for affection. And we'd be at the park, and I'd be swinging on the swings or digging in the sand with my kids. And I would hear another one say, Mommy, Mommy, look at me. Daddy, help me. Daddy, push me. Mommy, will you ride on with me? And unfortunately, with some of these rides, some of these parents just can't even fit in them. And that makes me sad for both of them because some of the best memories I have as a kid is riding the merry-go-round with my dad or getting in a rowboat with my dad and rowing out to the middle of nowhere in a lake and fishing. Heck, I was chopping wood with an axe by the time I was eight years old and yet these kids aren't allowed to use a butter knife. So I I understand that, yes, there's parents are more apt to be more cautious nowadays, but for crying out loud, parents, get out there and just enjoy the world with your kid. Get in there and, and ride the roller coaster. Get on the swings. You know, ride a bike. And I think that's part of why some of these kids have uh, a lot of emotional issues their parents just weren't there for the good times and the bad times they just weren't there and that's why I always tried to be a hands-on parent from sunrise to sunset I always tried to encourage them knowing the outcome of some of what they wanted to try I already knew in my head what was going to happen but I wanted them to learn it And I just, I learned to throw out that script. I learned to throw out the guidebook, the rule book. And it got a lot better. It got a lot easier. It was too hard, especially after my second child was born. Because that proverbial script that I was handed, that I was supposed to be able to follow for parenting, was thrown out the window. And as a result, I had... um, Horrible, horrible postpartum depression. Horrible. I wouldn't leave the house for three, four, five days at a time. I had no <clears throat> network. I had no support system. I had nobody at home to help me. I had nobody out there to help me. I thought I could do it all on my own because that's what I was told and taught. I should be able to do this on my own. And if I couldn't, then I was a bad parent. And as a result, I suffered horribly emotionally. Did my kids suffer? Possibly. Um, I'll never know. I always did my best to hide that side of my parenting, my mothering, from them. I, would, of course, did that crying in the shower thing. Um, tried to hide it as much as possible, so I guess what I'm trying to tell everybody out there is there is no guidebook or script for parenting, and especially for those of us that think there should be. You just need to do what's right by the child and for you, um, get out there and live life with them, get out there and ride all the rides, dig in the sand, ride that roller coaster. Go out on that bike. Go on that hike. Especially nowadays when we're pretty much shut indoors. Do what you need to do to feel good. And the rest will come easier. So once again, I have gone on and on. I used my script. Oh, my script. I always jot notes for these podcasts. I use them for about three minutes and then I veer off. But anyway... That's my parenting experience in a nutshell. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me a message. Um, But I greatly appreciate you listening. And for now, take care, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Ask Me. Have a great week.